Welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. Today, you'll be hearing from Bishop Scotty Scott as he brings a message from the Going In series. This message was originally delivered on January 26th of 2020. We hope you enjoy. The thing, the thing, the thing about, thing about, the thing about, about Limitless is that God God, God started us with where we're going. And, and, and from the beginning of this, we've had nations that have come together from every nation, every place, and we're thankful today. We have a special guest from Lebanon today, amen, on the praise team today, so it's awesome, amen. Look at that and say, we speak to nations. We speak to nations. Be open. Amen? Just, just, just let the nations know we're coming. Amen? Uh, and so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thankful for you being here today. Something, <clears throat> something I need, I believe that it's important for you to understand is to understand what it takes to be a child of destiny. See, someone in this room needs to know that you're not an accident, you're not an incident, you're not just happenstance and happen to be born. No matter what your, no matter what your birthing process was like, no matter what your childhood was like, no matter who was there, wasn't there, who you knew, who you didn't know, no matter how joyful your childhood was or how abusive it was, no matter the moments and times you felt at moments, God, why was I born and why am I here and why am I alone? Because everybody at some point or another feels like, God, what is life all about? And as a result of it, sometimes you question purpose, you question identity, you question who you are and where, where, what you're about and why you are who you are. Anybody ever have that conversation before? Because sometimes life has a way of throwing you things that makes you feel like I would been, it maybe it would have been better if I wasn't born. Because God, if this, was, if this is what life is to be, then why would you give this kind of life to me if you love me? But I want you to understand that God is not to blame for the attack on your life. I want you to understand that it's because of the purpose on your life. I want you to understand this, that in Psalms 2, David says this. Psalm said, David says in Psalms 2, he opens it up and says, Why doth the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing to rise against God's anointed? David, you answered your own question. It's because you're anointed. That's why the heathen rage. That's why they imagine vain things. That's why what's risen up against you has come against you. It's not because God's mad at you. It's not because God's angry at you. It's not because you're a nobody and a nothing. It's because you're a somebody and you're anointed and you're destined. Look at your neighbor say, it's a fight for your destiny. It's a fight for your destiny. It's a fight for what you carry. It's a fight for what is on your life. In fact, the enemy never threatens what is not a threat. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. Is anybody hearing me right now? If the attack has been loosed against you, and understand this, that the attack that's on your life didn't start when your life was in the womb. I want you to understand that as sure as God had destined you before the foundation of the world, the enemy saw you coming. Oh, look at everybody say the enemy saw you coming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's why, that's why he, went, er, he started early on you. That's why, that's why he didn't start when you showed up. He started before you ever got here. That's why you've had to wrestle generational things in your life. You had to wrestle generational things in your life because the enemy saw your generation coming. He saw you coming, so he put an attack on your granddaddy. And the attack on your granddaddy wasn't even about your granddaddy. It was about you. And the enemy understood if I attack granddaddy and I get granddaddy messed up, then I'll get daddy messed up. And if I get daddy messed up, then they're going to grow up in a house that's not conducive for them knowing their identity, their destiny, their purpose, and who they really are. I want them so consumed with the mess up that went before them that they can't see what's ahead of them. I want them so messed up with what I put them in that they think that what they're in is where they'll always be. I want, oh, uh, is anybody with me right now? I want them so consumed with the abuse and the affliction that they will never appreciate the assignment that's on their life. But that's where the devil messed up because the fact that you're in this room right now serves hell notice that in spite of all you brought against me, I still know who I am. I still, oh. Hit your neighbor and say, you're a child of destiny. You're a child of destiny. You're a child of destiny. You're, you're God's one. You are the 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 one. You're the one he says, I have searched for one that will stand in the gap and make up a hedge. You are the one. That's You are the one. You are the See, look, look at him and say, God only needs one. See, it doesn't take everyone. It just takes the right one. God said, I don't need everybody. I don't need everybody in your whole family to love me. Oh. I don't need everybody in your whole house to serve me. I don't need everyone in, I don't need everyone in the city. You, you, you know when God was about to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah? That Lot starts trying to do negotiation with God. And he says, he says, if I can find, if I can find a hundred people, if I can find, he said, no, he got down to saying, God, if I can find 10, if I can find 10 people in this whole city that love you and are righteous, will you save it? God said, if you give me 10, I'll save the entire city. He said, because I don't need everyone I can use just the right one. Oh, if any man, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, 
opens up, I will come in. Not if, not if all, if not if any men, if it, to the whole house, I'm knocking at the door. Ooh. See, that's kind of where we are spiritually as the body of Christ. He doesn't need the, every church. He said, I, I, don't need, I don't need that, that. I don't need anybody. I don't need all. I just need, if you give me one. If you just give me one. See, the reason why he doesn't need everybody in your whole house to serve him is because he's got you to serve him. And I don't need the whole house to come to me. I just need you to come to me because if you come to me, you're the open door to the whole house. I don't need the whole city to serve me. I just need one in the city to serve me. See, see, it's kind of different. God's mindset about church is kind of different than our mindset about church. When, when, when most church planters go to church, plant churches, they look for the city that they believe would be most conducive to the vision God gave them. See, but that's not how God thinks. God doesn't think, God doesn't think what's the location that will best serve the church. God doesn't put, look, that's why all of the New Testament, most of the epistles of the New Testament are not names of churches. They're churches, but they're names of cities. See, because we think about church, God thinks about territory. Oh, that's why he said right under the church, which is in Ephesus. I don't need, I'm not, the only reason I'm getting you to write to the church is because the church is in the city. See, I'm not here to redeem the church. I'm here for the church to be used to redeem the city. I'm not here, I'm not here for the city to build the church. I'm here for the church to take over the entire city. Oh, God. Oh. Look at neighbor say, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one in your house, you're the one in your family, you're the one. Oh, God. Ooh, I feel this in my spirit. You're the one in your generation. You're the one for this entire, your workplace. You're the one in your neighborhood. You're the one in every area. God has ordained you, called you, destined you. And now if you'll be the open door, God will come in through you and change everything that you are in. Look at somebody say, hi, I'm the one. Oh, I know, I know, I know, it doesn't sound humble, and you're so used to Christianity that's got to be broken and bent over. You're so used to, oh, don't let anybody think more highly of themselves than they ought. God thinks more highly of you. God thinks more highly of you. It's time for you to walk around like you got some heat packed on you. It's time for you to walk around like you know you are armed and dangerous. It's time. The enemy ain't bashful about attacking you. The enemy ain't bashful about coming against you. The enemy ain't, ain't afraid to beat you down. Well, God's not intimidated for raising you up. God's not intimidated. <laughs> lay somebody, lay your hand on somebody and say, I release holy boldness on you.
See, you got to understand the difference between cockiness and confidence. See, arrogance is, is, is professing something you're not possessing. Arrogance comes out of insecurity. Arrogance comes out of proving a thing. Arrogance comes in the out of you not knowing who you are. Anytime you don't know who you are, you're always out to prove who you think you are. But when you know who you are, you can turn around and rest in who you are. <laughs> oh, hit your neighbor say, just let me do my thing. 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 If I do my thing, this whole thing's going up in smoke. If I do my thing, we're going to get some victory in here today. If I do my thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D Jesus, the first message, he, the first time Jesus went to church, he went to church. The first time Jesus went to church, he walked into the synagogue. He went up to the pulpit, opened up the Bible to Isaiah, and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to set the captive free, to heal the broken, to, to open blinded eyes. He said, watch this, he said, This day, this scripture has been fulfilled. Shut the book and sat down. Ah, hit your neighbor say, he knows my name. He knows my name. Hey. Look at your neighbor say, you're going to want to remember my name. 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 You're going to want to stick with me, baby. You're going to want to hang with me because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, 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 I release that confidence in you. I release a holy boldness in you. I release, the, oh, I feel this in this place. I speak to declare he is your glory and the lifter of your head. Quit being beat down. Quit letting the enemy intimidate you. Quit letting people say, I don't think you ought to act like that. And I think you ought to be humble. And I think you ought to be meek. And I ought to think you ought to be lowly. No, what they're really saying is, I think you ought to look depressed. I think you ought to look discouraged. I think you ought to not think too, too much about who you are. The devil is a liar. I'm the hand-picked of God, hand-created of God, hand-destined of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say something. Say something. Say something. Whoo! Look at never say you're gonna want to know my God. You're gonna want to know my God. You're gonna want to know. You're gonna want to know. You wanna. You're gonna want to know. You're gonna want to know. Watch this. But know this: that when you walk in your destiny, and when you finally say yes, when you finally give God your yes. And you say, I'm ready to be everything you created me to be. I'm, I realize now that everything the enemy meant against me and everything the enemy meant to bring me down with was because of what you are and who you are in me and what you want to do through me. And so God, in spite of what I've been through, in spite of the attack, I'm ready to be the champion you've called me to be. 
See, nobody puts a target on the 200th ranked boxer in the world. They ain't coming for 200. But if you're number one, hit your neighbor and say, you want a shot at the title? You want a shot at the title? <laughs> State Farm, baby. <laughs> oh, the enemy wants the title. The enemy knows what God's called you. The enemy knows he appreciates what God's called you more than you have. He wants to beat it out of you. It's because you are the champion. Oh. David is God's champion. David's the guy who God handpicked. God handpicked him. See, Saul was the king whom the people chose. But David was the king whom God said, I have chosen me a king. Ooh. See, when God chooses you, they didn't vote you in. And if they didn't vote you in, they can't vote you out. I just did my Irish jig for that. They, they can't, they can't, they can't, they, look at them and say they can't vote you out. See, I love God because if God chooses to bless you, no devil can curse you. If God chooses to raise you up, it don't matter what they think about you. It don't matter what they say about you. It don't matter their opinion of you. Because you're not, you are not, you are not, your life does not consist by the opinions of people. Your life is determined. Your times are in the hands of God. Oh, look at him say, he's going to bless you while they're mad about it. In fact, God don't really get ready to bless you and show you the blessing he has till you got some good enemies. Look, look at never say, you're too nice. You got, look, look, at, look at never say, everybody can't like you. If, if everybody likes you, God can't bless you. <laughs> he, don't, he don't really start releasing blessing till you got some good adversary. He said, when I'm getting ready to release the blessing on you, I'll wait till the stage is set. And the stage has to be set with a fight against you. That means favor don't find you till the fight broke out over you. He said, I will prepare a table for you. That, mean, that means God don't start cooking till they start fighting. Look at them and say, you need a few more enemies. You need a few more enemies. You need a few more people who hate you just for being you. You need a few more Joseph brothers. You need a few more people that just hate the coat you wear. Uh. God's, supposed, 
God spoke to me the other day. God spoke to me the other day and said, I've placed on Limitless the coat of many colors. Turn, turn to your neighbor. Look, look, look around this room. Look around this room. That's what the coat of many colors looks like. That's what, oh, God. from every tribe, every nation. He said, it's the coat of many colors. And every, everybody likes Joseph till he gets the coat. Everybody likes Joseph till he gets the coat. The two things that gets Joseph attacked is the dream and the coat. The dream, the destiny, and the coat. And all he wants to do is fit with the brothers. All he wants to do is share what God spoke. All he wants to do is say, you won't believe what God said to me. <sighs> Ain't it amazing? Anybody ever have that? Have that time when God does something, shows something to you so powerful, and you got ready to call somebody? And when you got ready to hit dial and send and the green button, it's like, nah. Because you knew... The, you, you knew that the moment you share it, that they would, they, they would they'd be sounding like they were happy. Yeah. Hey. Look at them and say, why can't we all just get along? Why is it that you feel like when God blesses somebody else, it costs you some blessing on you? Why do you feel, why do people feel as though that their blessing is determined with someone else's blessing. And if somebody else gets blessed too much, God borrowed some of their blessing to give them. Look at them and say, we can all get it together. We can all get it together. That's why he said rejoice with those that rejoice. Why? It's because we have all things in common. That means when you get it, I get it. When you get blessed, I get blessed. I mean, if we're all part of the same body, if, I, if I'm a knee and I look up and I see a shoulder getting some oil poured on it, I'm just bracing myself because if it's on you, come on, Jesus. And, it's, well, and, and, and so you got to understand what comes with being you. You got to understand, and, and the thing is, you got to understand that that the fight don't break out. He said, "I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies." That means until you have some enemies, I don't start cooking. And when why is because I've set this thing up to show that my blessing, my blessing is not determined by people. That's for somebody in this room where they walked out on you and you felt like they took everything in your life and they took your future and, and, and you take it out on the kids because you said if your daddy would have just stayed I wouldn't have had to been doing all this mama. and if they would have done this and if they would have done that if mama would have treated me better and if daddy was a better person and if this would there and if I didn't have to and if, If all of they wouldn't have taken and wouldn't have gone and wouldn't have left and wouldn't have abandoned and wouldn't, can I tell you, when they walked out, God didn't. Yeah. 
And God loves you too much to put your stuff in the hand of another person. God, oh, God's blessing is not determined by them. That means in spite of what's left you, in spite of what you lost, in spite of who walked away, God's still going to do what he said he would do in your life. In fact, if God needed them to bless you, they'd still be in your life. If they've been taken from your life, it's an indicator that God doesn't require that to do this in your life. But you need to understand, it comes with you. The moment you understand that with the assignment comes the attack, you won't count it strange. You won't count it weird when all of a sudden the devil's after me. Newsflash. But what you need to understand is that you, you are fighting an adversary who is not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He's not an equal opposite, opposite force to God. He's not God's nemesis. He's not, he's not the evil villain in, in the DC movie God. Or Marvel, whichever one you are. <laughs> like, they are not two superheroes equally opposing each other. The enemy is not the equal opposite of God. All power in heaven and earth is in God. All authority comes from him. In fact, the devil is only a subservient angel who's been defrocked from his position of authority. And the only place he belongs is underneath your feet. Are you underestimating our enemy? No. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he... Oh, oh, there's a may. Seeking whom he wants to... No. Seeking who whatever he will to... No. Seeking whom he may devour. That means he may want to devour, but there's some he may, and there's some he may not devour. Touch your neighbor say, hi, I'm the may not. <laughs> I'm the may not. Yeah, the reason I'm still here is because I'm in the may not. The reason I still arrived and I'm still living and breathing is because I'm in the may not. Oh, he came. To, he came seeking to devour. But, oh, he came roaming. He came looking. He came threatening. He came roaring. But the reason I'm still here is because in spite of his threats, in spite of his attack, he may not devour me. But you're dealing with a real enemy. You're dealing with a real fight because he knows if he gets you, he doesn't just get you. He gets everything and everybody that's going to be touched and changed through you. That's why I like to spend my time t teaching leaders and pouring into leaders. Is because if you get a leader, you get everything they lead. If you get the person with influence, you get everything they influence when you get them. Oh God. 
That's why you're in this room today. It's because God wants you to know the level of your influence, whether you know it or not. There are things around you that are directly affected by everything you do, say, and are. And every act of obedience in God changes something around you. Every act of disobedience to the enemy changes something around you. Every word you speak, power of life and death is in your mouth. You have the ability to say something to cause somebody's dreams to come alive again and you have the ability to say something that dashes their hopes against the rocks. You can be a life giver or a killer with your tongue because your power, your words, your mouth changes things. You can never say, what's up champ? He was David, David was David was handpicked by God from the backyard of his daddy, and I don't have time. From the backyard of his daddy, just being a shepherd to the flock. Why did God use him as a shepherd? Why did God pull him from a shepherd? Because God's leaders always need to know how to lead sheep. It's because God is a shepherd. And there's something about sheep. Sheep have no sense of direction. That's why Jesus wept over the people in the city. And he said, they are scattered. And they're hurting and mourning and grieving. Because they are like sheep that have no shepherd. And... And he said, I want to use you, use these little sheep. But if you can lead them right and fight for them right, you'll fight for mine right. And, and there was something that would come on David because of his heart for whatever he was leading. There was something that would come on David anytime it was threatened. That anytime that anything was threatened that he was put charge over, there was an anointing that was on his life. David's so awesome to me because he's got all kinds of issues. We don't need to get into those today. But in spite of his issues, he's the balance of a tender warrior. He's, he's God's worshiper and God's warrior because the key to his warrior is in his worship. And, 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 and he's the worshiper because he's out there on the hillside and he's, you know, there's all kinds of instruments that are the result of David. Because David would create instruments and build instruments just so that he would not bring God yesterday's worship. There were instruments that David would create of different types of instruments that they said came out of David in, in that season because he said, God, I won't bring you a stale praise. I won't bring you something I just sang yesterday. I'm going to sing, sing unto the Lord a new song. All the air. These, <laughs> he said, God, I want to bring you something fresh from my heart. I want to create new ways to express because I don't want you to hear the expression from yesterday. I want to express something you never heard from me before because, God, I love you every day in a deeper way. And out of that worship, God said, I need that boy. I need him. I need that. You, you, you got to watch out for worshipers. 
God, God, it's the only thing God comes running for. It's the only thing God comes seeking. It's the only thing God comes in a, goes on a manhunt for. It's real worship. Watch this. That's why the woman at the well, Jesus speaks to her, and she's talking about forms of worship and religion. And she's talking about, well, we worship on the mountain. You worship on the mountain. We worship down in, over here in the valley. Where, where, which way is the best way to worship? What's the right style to worship? And all of a sudden, Jesus cuts through it and says, let me tell you about real worship. The, the hour has come and now is where the Father is seeking God doesn't have to go look for anything. God has everything. All things by him consist. God has everything in him, but the only thing God goes on a manhunt is true worship. The hour has come and now is where they that worship God will worship him in spirit and truth, whom the Father seeketh such. He said the Father's on a manhunt for a worshiper. And God sent Samuel the prophet to the house of Jesse. He gets to the house of Jesse and it looks like David's overlooked. Because the oldest brother gets to the front door and Samuel says, surely God's anointed is before me. And God says, nope. Man looks on the outward appearance. The older brother looked like a king, walked like a king, talked like a king. See, God, it's not that the outward appearance is not important, because it is, because men don't see your heart. Men only see what comes on the outside of you. And, and ministry needs both, because it doesn't matter how much you pursue God and have the heart of God if you can't reach the heart of a man. And you're not going to reach men's heart by what you have on the inside because they can't see your inside. The only way a man sees what's inside is if you let what's inside out. And how you let it out determines how they will enter in. Man looks on the outward appearance. That's why you can't just say, well, the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, but do they? Because God looks on the heart. He knows your inside. And so here comes David. You know the story. God hand selects him. God raises him up. God starts to anoint him. Watch it. There was anointing that would come on David when he was guarding sheep. That a lion would come. And when a lion would come, there would be something that would come on him. An anointing would come on him. And, and if that anointing comes on him, the Bible says that he tore the lion with his bare hands. A bear came. That night he came home with a bearskin robe. It's because he's God's champion. And from that day forward, not only was the anointing, the more that the anointing was present in his life and recognized in his life, is the more visible he came in the kingdom. And the more visible he came in the kingdom and for the kingdom is more attack from the enemy shows up. Look at neighbor say, you have a target on you. It comes with the anointing. The anointing attracts favor, but it also attracts adversity. And if you don't want to fight, you don't want to be used by God. 
No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Wait a minute. You can't, you can't claim that. We, we always quote that, but we don't quote, quote the B clause. But you can't participate in the A clause if you ain't part of the B clause. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. For this is the heritage of a servant of the Lord. And the righteousness is of me, saith God. That means he didn't say this is the heritage of a child of God. Because you can be God's child and not serve him. Wow. Because I know a lot of people that are saved but don't serve. Oh, it's quiet now. But that's why, that's why, that's why everything is working against you. That's why it's prospering. It's because the secret is not in your, you just being his child. The secret is in your service. So you never say it's secret service. The secret is finding your purpose, finding your assignment. Why? It's because you just being saved doesn't make you a threat. You serving makes you a threat because saved is about you. Serving is about them. And God didn't, God, the enemy's not after you because of you. The enemy's after you because of what's going to be changed through you. It's the assignment on you. David begins to rise up and, and all of a sudden we find David in this text and I'm done. He's been fighting the war for his kingdom. He's been waging war and winning battle after battle until there's songs that are being heralded about him. As he's fighting for the kingdom, God starts defeating enemies all around Israel, all around Judah, all around, all around the kingdom. And, and David just is just taken over with that anointing that rises on him when the adversity comes. Watch this. And he says, the songs start being sung to where there's moments when David, you know, David who kills Philistines. There were moments he wanted to fight with Philistines, for Philistines. And right before our text, David's trying to align himself with something connected to the Philistines whom he once was the champion against. See, because there's certain places that God takes you to that you can't come back from. Have you ever noticed, have you ever tried to go back to hanging with the people that you used to hang with and you were so comfortable with and, and you fit right in with them and they were, I mean, you had no problem, puff, puff, pass. But now all of a sudden you try to go back and there's, it just, it just, some messed up in God and God. Until the Philistines push him out from fighting with them because they're still intimidated by him. And now they say, isn't this the David that they sing the songs about? That Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Look at him and say, you got a target on you. Until he's fighting the enemy, he's fighting and he's winning wars everywhere. And he comes back to Ziklag where his family was. 
father. And when he comes back to Ziklag for all the warfare, for all the anointing, he's winning battle after battle on the battlefield. But then when he comes home, he finds that the enemy has come while he is gone, has burned the whole city down, and has stolen his goods, everything he possesses, everything he owns. But not only that, took his son, every daughter, and his wives. And what good is it to have victory everywhere? still feel like I'm loose at home. What good is it for the business to be just and I can't even sleep in my own bed at rest. What good is it for me to see everybody else's child saved, saved and I come home and it feels like God, why can't I ever get through to them? There's moments because of who you are and what God's called you to do that the enemy understands something. That if I can't defeat you, I'll use what is closest to you. Because the fight for your family ain't about your family. The fight for your home is not about your home. The enemy's just using it to get to you. And there's certain, notice something, she said it today and I'm, I'm done. She said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The, it, it says here in this text that the enemy didn't kill any of the family, didn't kill any, any of the wives' children, didn't touch any of them, but held them captive. See, the enemy understands sometimes captive feels worse than killed. Because if the enemy would have killed them, you would have mourned for them. But the only thing worse than mourning them dying is seeing them alive in the enemy's captivity. And now the enemy's using your own as trophies against you. Because steel is a sure way to kill. Because now if I can't kill you, I'll just steal from you. And now when you see what I've stolen from you, it'll make you want to kill yourself. Oh, does anybody know I'm talking real right now? Because, it's, because there ain't nothing worse than that you don't just have to grieve the memory of them being lost. You now have to wake up every morning and see Facebook and they're still alive. But unchained spiritually, in bondage spiritually. And to the point where Everyone that was with David, when they come back, everything's lost. They're all gone. Watch this. And, and David would turn to the guys that he's fought with and get encouragement. 
But the problem is, the very place he goes to to get encouragement is discouraged. And David learns a real quick lesson in leadership. That I know you got these guys fighting with you. But never get confused on who needs who more. Oh God. Because the moment you think you need them more, you're going to realize that's why you are the leader. It's because if you try to pour too much on them, it's going to crush them because they're not equipped to carry who, what you carry. That's why you, they are there with you, not you with them. And there's going to be some moments, champ, when your, when your friends and family network can't get you through this. There's going to be some moments when the ones that would be your encouragement are more discouraged than you. And you got to know this as well. If you're going to be the, the leader and the deliverer, understand at some point, Everybody fights their deliverer. And there are going to be some attacks that come against them that they're going to blame on you. And now he turns for encouragement, but they got stones in their hands. Ain't it amazing? These are the same dudes that were in caves. These are the same dudes that were discouraged, depressed, they were hiding in a cave, living, living like savages when David found them in the cave. And when David found them in the cave, he turned them into the mighty men of David, and they never lost another fight ever in their life. All they've known is victory. And now with one attack, the same jokers who he raised up from nothing are turning around now talking about, it's your problem. God has a way of keeping you weaned from people. He wants you to love them, raise them, develop them, build them, but don't depend on them. Because they are not your source. Whew, I'm so... Is anybody with me right now? I know I've gone long, I'm getting there. But somebody needs this right now. And all of a sudden, where David used to go in the backyard, he realizes now, where do you go when there's nowhere else to go? I realize now, this ain't about them. It's about me and him. And the Bible says, and David. encouraged himself. Somebody in this room, God's done with you just having a second-handed relationship. God's done with you just being connected to somebody who's connected to him. God's ready for you to have your own connection. This going to God, God, see, look at say, you're going to be your best preacher you ever heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think this joker could preach, you ain't heard nothing till you're going to be in the shower. 
You're going to be in the shower with head and shoulders all on your hair, zest all over your body, feeling zestfully clean, and, 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 and all of a sudden you're going to start prophesying over your own life. You're going to start saying, God, I realize this is me and you. I realize, I don't know how you're going to get me out of this. I know the enemy's attacking everything, but I know that if you, all things are possible, that I'm a conqueror, I'm an overcomer, I'm a... Yeah. Look at your neighbor say, encourage yourself, encourage yourself, encourage yourself. Speak unto your own self in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Look yourself in the mirror and say, we are not defeated, we are victorious. Look yourself in the mirror and say, we are coming out of this. Oh, stand with me all over the house. Watch. And they're mourning and they're weeping. He turns to the priest's son and he says, go get me the ephod. The ephod is the priestly garment, and I don't have time today. I'm done. If y'all knew how much I leave on the plate, y'all wouldn't be mad. He says, go get the ephod. The ephod is the priest's garment. What's the king doing calling for the priest's garment? Because David knows this victory doesn't come with my king robe. This victory ain't about, see, because the king robe is what I wear for the people. The priest robe is how I get access back to God. And this one ain't calling on the king in me. This victory ain't, is bigger than me. This victory is not about my position or my title. This position, this victory is about my ability to access God. And I need the priest's garment. I need the worshiper to come back out of me. I need him to know it's just me, Lord. Not my brother, not my sister. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's still the little boy in the backyard of his daddy. It's still the little boy who used to sing your love songs. That's who needs you today. And he inquired of the Lord. He said, God, shall I pursue them? See, because just because you want to go get it doesn't mean you can. Some of us are trying to go get stuff God didn't ordain you to. That means you can't get the victory until God has given it. And David said, can I pursue them? And shall I recover? And God said, a broken and contrite spirit. There's my David for all the victories and for all the battles won. This is the one. This one that knows how to crawl to me. He said, you shall pursue and you shall recover all. I don't know who this is for right now, but God said to tell somebody you're about to go in. 
Oh yeah, for everything the enemy's stolen, for everything the enemy's robbed. You've looked around your life and it felt like an ash heap. You look around your life and you've seen the enemy just take over your children's lives. You, you've, seen, you've seen your marriage just fall and crumble. You see, you've seen everything you tried to do for God look like it was just in defeat and look like everything around you that means anything to you is in the, in the grip of the enemy. And you're saying, God, why? God, why is it? But God, am I going to get, what, what is this all about? Can I, can I go, am I supposed to have it? Is it supposed to, and God is telling somebody, everything the enemy has stolen if God let him come in and, and rob, it's only because by the time he gets to the parking lot, God's going to put him under arrest. And God said to tell you, you're not only going to get it back, you're going to get it back and more than you ever had. And they go, watch, in verse 17, is David standing on top of the mountain. As he goes and looks over and sees the enemy celebrating the spoils. And he sees his children in chains. And he sees his wives held captive. And he sees everything he owns. His ring is on some dude's hand. His robe, they're celebrating with it. See, there ought to be some things that make a holy indignation rise in you. There ought to be some things you just don't take lying down. There ought to be some things that make you say, God, if you lose me, I'm coming for you. And he sweeps down, watch this. And the Bible says that he, he beat the enemy from one day 24 hours to the next day from the sunrise of one day to the setting of the next day that means over a day more he did nothing but defeat the enemy grab the hand of somebody I'm finished grab the hand turn to somebody and say the enemy's going to pay for this thank you so much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, make sure to check out our website, limitless.faith, to see all the ways that you can get connected with Limitless Church.